Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, it's so good to be back with you, or should I say, it's so good to have you back. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Yeah, we were we were away for um, for about 10 days. Yeah, and fantastic. Yeah, we just had a, um, we just had a glorious vacation uh, in uh, Switzerland, hiking in, in, in the Alps with oh, our, th- with our three, three grown-up kids and just had a ball. All of us really, really had fun together. Now, I, I've never been to Switzerland. So w- what was your favorite part of being there besides being with your family? I know that that's probably number one, but that was absolutely number one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we had planned it. We, we, I, I talked about a, a, a travel group that we've, we've worked with in the past and they, and they set up a really nice uh, itinerary for us. So we flew into Zurich. Um, we went to a, um, a, a mountain village uh, called Grindelwald, which is um, right in the Alps and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful spot for, for hiking and for skiing. You know, the, 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 the Swiss uh, use their mountains for, for um, really pleasure now. Um, they've used it in the past for lots of dairy and, and uh, you know, and their cows, um, but, but they've got lots of infrastructure. So that was, to me, the most impressive thing about Switzerland mm-hmm. was just the, the incredible infrastructure, transportation, the trains, the buses, the, um, you know, getting from here to there. When you're on the mountains hiking, it, it's just glorious. The views are spectacular, but then you've got wonderful places to stop and, and get, get a full meal. Um, there are hotels on the top of mountains. Wow. Uh, they, they bring trains and gondolas up on the top of, of huge peaks, you know, at 9,000, 12,000 square uh, feet of, of, of uh, height. Wow. And so it's really just a, just a spectacular spot. So the, my favorite was my favorite thing about the, the vacation was, was the kids um, and being together, but also just the hiking uh, and, and the way we can get around, you can get around in Switzerland. It's just so easy. It's expensive. It's a really expensive place to be, um, <laughs> but but we we had a ball, just a great great time. Oh, that that sounds sounds like a fantastic place to be. Um, that is definitely on my wife and I's bucket list for sure. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah, I just I, I've seen the views, you know, pictures and things, and it just looks glorious. Really, honestly, so um, sounds like you had a wonderful time. We did. It was just great. All right. And uh, so t- today. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I've got good news and bad news for our listeners. Uh, the good news is, is that um, you're our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to use this as an opportunity to get to know you. And the reason why you're our guest is today is the, um, uh, the last time that you'll be hosting our, our podcast. Um, and I'm just, love to introduce you personally you've been a, a wonderful host 
to to us over these hundred and hundred and four yeah. episodes that we've recorded, I think, and um, you've you've led us along a a wonderful journey, and I I I, I thank you so much for it. Um, but I want I'm hoping that that our listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Um, you don't necessarily always share exactly what you're up to. And uh, this is an, an opportunity for us to hear about your world and what you'll be doing going forward. Well, so, I appreciate that, Peter. It, it has been a journey. And I am, I want to just correct one thing. I'm the co-host, sir. You, oh, sir, are yes, the host the, of this show. Yes, uh, that's right. And, yeah. And I mean, I mean you've, you've led me on a journey just as much as I've, I've been along this with you. I've learned a ton from you. I, I love the guests that you brought on. I love the topics that you brought to the audience. Um, your heart is for education and you do such a good job of that. So I, I appreciate you just allowing me to be a small part of this. Um, and I am going to miss it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my wife and I are doing something that we're very passionate about and we love and, and let's talk about that. Yeah. I, 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 what you briefly told me just sounds wonderful and I'm very, very happy for you and your family, uh, going forward. But I think what, what I'd like to do, and I, I, I do this for all our guests, as you know, um, I ask about their journey. So tell us about your journey, how, how you came to where you are right now. All right. Well, oh, let's see. Way back, way back <laughs> when my wife and I were first married, um, we we were not. We had like very little money, Peter. And so we lived in a in a lower income area when we got pregnant. Uh, we were we were going to wait five years for kids and, and we were surprised five months after we got married that we were pregnant. And uh, as much of a blessing as that was, it was definitely a difficult time. So we lived in a low income area in some apartments and I'd come from home from work and there's these kids that are all playing out in the parking lot and they'd wave high and I'd wave high. You know, it was just kind of that normal, normal activity in a neighborhood. So then a um, couple days later, I was walking in from work, you know, five, six o'clock dragon, you know, <laughs> working a long day. And one of the kids says, hey, and he throws me the football and I throw it back and wave to him again and go inside. Like the next day, Peter, there was a knock at my door, you know, hey, can you come out and play? <laughs> like, really? I'm, looking at, I'm looking at my wife going, can I go out and play? <laughs> so I went out there for about half an hour and just kind of tossed the football around. And there was this older guy that was out there walking around, got to know him as well. And just and I say older, and I don't even know how old he was at that point, because I was 21, maybe. And uh, he was probably in his, you know, mid fifties to early sixties, right? So at that point, he was an older guy, and now I'm that, you know, almost fifty year old. Uh, but he was doing every Friday night, he'd do like a movie night and snack night for the kids, and he was just trying to keep them off the street. And I was talking to him, and he said, you know, out of those eleven kids that are standing out there, um, none of them have a dad in their life, and I just I couldn't believe that. I was just like, because my parents were still together. Um, and my dad was involved and my wife's parents were still together and they were involved. And then just to see all these kids that didn't have a father figure in their life. And so he was really trying to do stuff on Friday nights to keep them off the streets. And so my wife and I started working with him and just volunteer, I should say working, but volunteering to do this. And we got involved in our church with the youth group and, and just youth have always been on our heart and through some different things and, and getting different jobs and. I traveled around the country for a while with with my family, my wife and kids uh, for a computer company, which was really, really an amazing time. Um, my son turned four and my my daughter was you know about a year and a half old. We're like, we have to settle down. And we still wanted to work with kids. And we had seen an ad probably a year, year and a half earlier when my wife was pregnant with our daughter for Boys Town. 
uh, in Nebraska and I'm from Washington state. And so we looked into it, uh, got an interview and then they flew us out to Nebraska and interviewed us and, uh, and we became family teachers. They asked us to be in Omaha on, on in the, in Nebraska, the boys town main, main campus. And so we, we did that from 2001 to 2012, raised 68 young men at risk youth and loved every minute of it. And it was, it was amazing. It was tough. It was difficult work, um, emotionally, right? Because, uh, it's, these kids are coming from really, really tough backgrounds and some of them succeed. Most of them do, uh, through the program, some of them don't. And so that's, that's the harder part, but we did that, like I said, for almost 12 years and loved it. And we left that position for a couple of different reasons. Uh, our kids were getting older and we needed to spend more one-on-one time with them. And my wife continued to work with Boys Town in a, in a different capacity. And I started a coaching and consulting company with a, a dear friend of mine who had been a family teacher with us back in 2001 that we'd all started together. So we formed a fast relationship and that's Matt Halloran, um, who I'm sure you know, and is part of I Proud do. Mouth. Yep. Part of the Proud Mouth group. And so he, he and I started his coaching company and started working with financial advisors and, and coaching and consulting them. And it was great. And I started my own company in 2015. And a few years later, he called me up and said, Hey, I've got this podcasting thing going. I need your voice. You know, the industry, let's work with some folks and make some podcasts. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And that led me here to you. And it's been, I think we've been working together for almost four years. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so you so, went from you went from Washington State to Nebraska yeah. to to work at this boys town. Mm-hmm. Um, could you could you go into a little bit more detail about boys town, what, yeah. what it is, and how it was established, and who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. Most of our listeners probably have seen the movie or know of the movie Boys Town from 1938. It was Mickey Rooney, Spencer Tracy. It was a hit. Uh, they he won the Oscar for it. And the Oscar is actually, um, or Academy Award. I think that's the Oscar. That's actually in the museum here at Boys Town, uh, in the little, little hall of history there. Uh, but that movie was about Father Flanagan, who started Boys Town in 1917. And when he started, it was actually outside of Omaha. It was, um, removed from Omaha because Father Flanagan wanted to serve kids. First, he started with men and quickly realized that men don't really change. <laughs> the homeless men and the men that were drinking and, and getting into other substances, they, they really didn't want to change their behaviors. And he realized, I need to start with these kids that are homeless because he saw them all over the streets. Um, you got to you know think of 1917, 1918, that were really tough times. And you had the, even the Great Depression uh, was coming very soon, which created a lot of homeless kids. So he, he wanted to help all the kids and he had them all housed in one building. And then Omaha said, you can't do that because you have black kids living with white kids and you have Jewish kids living with, you know, the laws were different back then. And unfortunately that was, that was the case. And then he said, okay, I'm going to move it then. So he moved it uh, about 10 miles outside of Omaha. Now, since then Omaha has grown around Boys Town, but Boys Town is its own city. And the reason it's its own city is because father Flanagan made it its own city. So he didn't have to abide by those specific laws that were back in the day. Um, so he could have all, all races, all creeds, all colors, all religions live with him um, and the team that he had. And so it was just an amazing thing that he built. And at one point, he had like 1,200 kids on, in, on the Boys Town campus. We don't have that many now. I mean, that would be a huge amount. Uh, but he, he had homeless kids come from all over the country. 
So uh, the movie was in 1938, uh, which gained, you know, Boys Town some popularity. And there are a lot of people that have been donating uh, religiously, if you will, uh, to, to Boys Town. Uh, one notable thing that I want to mention is that there was the backing that he had. He, Father Flanagan did, did such a great job of making friends and really influencing people to understand the plight of these kids um, that people really wanted to help out. And there was a Jewish gentleman that really saw Father's heart. And he said, you know what? I'm going to help. And he helped tremendously with financing to buy a farm uh, to, to build a boys town on that site and continued to support Father Flanagan and his dream uh, for years. And so it wasn't the Catholic church that supported the, the, the building of it. And they did eventually, you know, they had nuns that came out and supported and helped to raise the kids. And there was a lot of that influence, which was great, but really starting out, it was a community effort. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. So we serve a population that a lot of the kids that we serve now aren't necessarily homeless sitting on the street. A lot of them are coming out of lockup. A lot of them have been removed from their home for different reasons, some because of their, their own behaviors, uh, but it's also the parents and, and family members that are contributing to that household that they may just need to have that house go through a, uh, a reckoning, if you will. They need to help have the family uh, be able to teach their children better. And the kids need to have some behaviors uh, changed, you know, as far as maybe getting into some trouble with the law or at school or with other kids. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. So, so you, you, you were working at Boys Town for, it sounded like about 10, 12 years. Is that, is that yep. about right? Yes, sir. And then, then you came out and you, 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 you did this kind of work. You did other kind of consulting and, and all. <laughs> um, and so it sounds like you've, you're, you've decided to, to go back. W what, what is it that drove you to to that? Why why the why the change at this point in time? Yeah, that's a good question. A <laughs> um, couple things. N number one, we've never stopped working with youth. Um, that's still where our heart is. Uh, I, I love helping people reach their goals and their dreams, no matter what that is. And that's why I was a consultant. That's why I do the podcasting um, to help people build an audience and and change their business, hopefully. Uh, and serve more people because that's that's where your heart is, Peter, and that's where my clients' hearts are. They want to serve, and that's where my wife and I are. Uh, we've just been that way ever since we have been together. And just like every other other industry that has trouble finding qualified people to work, Boys Town was having the same issue. And so last year they they did something very interesting. They said anybody who's been a family teacher in the past that still works for Boys Town which there are a lot. There are a lot of people that start off as family teachers and they go to other areas of the organization, including my wife. She was working for a program. Uh, Boys Town's very, very large. It would, take a, it would take 10 hours to explain how many different branches of Boys Town there are, but Boys Town tries to work with the families before the kid is ever removed from the home because that's, that's not ideal. We want the children to be with their parents if possible. Removing them or having them come to live at Boys Town is kind of the last resort. Uh, that that's a necessi necessity. Or the judges are saying, instead of lockup, you can go to Boys Town. So there's a choice there. 
but she was working for a program called MST, which is multi-systemic therapy. And therapists would go into the home before a child was ever removed, work with the school, work with the parents, work with the kids. And if there was a PO involved, they'd work with a PO to help the kid. A the par- child- parole officer. Correct. A parole officer. Yep. Yeah. Or a caseworker, depending on their circumstances. But they would work with them to help the child make better decisions and stay in home and keep the family intact. And so they'd work with every aspect of it to make sure all the bases were covered. So she was working for that group and Boystown said, anybody who's been a family teacher in the past, we, we need help with assistance. Uh, and what I mean by that is every family teaching couple that lives on campus, we live in the home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, right? We, we are with these kids. There are boys. Um, each family teaching couple has an assistant that works with them for 45 hours a week because we do get some downtime. We get some time away and our assistants there to cover. Plus it's always good to have them in the home when we're working as well. So the three of us are helping these young men and young women because there are girls at Boys Town as well. Um, we help them to develop. And so there's a shortage of assistance and there's a shortage of family teachers. So when they put out this all call, they were just basically saying anybody who wants to work, you know, a day or, or, you know, a day a week, if you want to, it's basically an on-call position. We'll tell you when we need people. And if you can make it great, if not, just let us know. And so my wife said, I want to do that. And I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) If she goes back to that role and she starts working with the kids again, I know she's going to catch the bug again, uh, which I was prepared for. And I, you know, wasn't, wasn't too hard to twist my arm either to come back, but she went a couple of times to help out in some homes and work with some kids and Peter, she came home from from a long day, you know, twelve hour day with these kids, and she was just like, "Oh, let me tell you what we did." And she just, <laughs> you know, it's just it was just nonstop telling me all the exciting things she did and how much fun they had, and you know, the, w- this kid struggled with this, but then he worked through it, and and I knew that she was going to want to go back at some point, and and then probably about three months later, Boys Town said, "Hey." we need family teachers. Would you guys please come back and, and help us kind of build a community again? Um, because currently I think there's nine empty homes on campus. That means there's nine homes that don't have family teachers in them, which means there's no, obviously there's no kids in those homes. And if you think about the numbers, that's around 72 to 80 kids that are not being served about 80 kids that are still sitting in lockup instead of being in a home, going to high school or middle school, playing on a football team, being a normal kid, you know, as much as possible. So we, we said, uh, through a lot of prayer and consideration, we said, yeah, we'll, we'll come back. And now we are, we're back. So how, how many kids are, are in your home? Currently I have six. I'll have two more by the time school starts. So eight is our capacity and i'm using air quotes on a podcast with nobody can see uh but we have eight uh young men that will live with us and usually around april um, we may go to nine or ten um just for a very temporary time because we'll i have two seniors this year so i'll lose two in 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 may to graduation so they like to try to get kids in before then so they can acclimate and and then once we have the graduates leave then we're we're right back at eight is this a public school or uh, is it um, homeschool? How, what, 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 what's the educational structure for, for, for these kids? Yeah. And it, what, what are the ages? It's, it's very interesting, Peter, because people, when, when you think of a youth facility, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what this is. It's a, a people think of a hospital type of setting. Um, if you Google map, 
and and put Boys Town into a Google map, you will look at a what looks like a college campus or a very wealthy neighborhood. Um, we each have our homes. I have a home with basically nine bedrooms uh, that that houses eight boys, my and my wife and I. Um, there is a high school on campus, a a middle school on campus. Uh, it is private. It is it is a treatment facility. So it's only Boys Town kids that go to these high schools and middle schools. Uh, right now, I believe our population is right around 375 kids uh, on campus with all the homes. And so these, the, the I can't say enough about the high school and middle school program. Most of our kids come to us and they're two to three years behind in their education, at least. Uh, and that there's for a lot of reasons. Number one, maybe a lot of truancies. Maybe they just haven't been doing well in school or haven't been to school at all for a while. Maybe they've been in lockup. Some of the kids are coming out of lockup for nine months, which they're really not getting an education while they're there. Um, so the schools do a great job for every, basically for like every year that a young person is in one of these schools, they're almost catching up on two and a half years worth of education because they they work that detailed with them and we have them they go to summer school as well um, at least for part of the day so um, the education here is top-notch and in fact they just built a brand new high school that's going to be opening in august they had torn down the old one because it had been there probably since the 60s um, and now they've got a completely modern high school that's just it's the most modern high school in the state uh, by mm. far and it's it's pretty amazing so Again, that's through the work of donors and and people that have helped out Boys Town through the years create a, a great foundation uh, that will last for hopefully eternity as long as it needs to. Uh, but yeah, the education is is great. As far as the ages, we've served a lot of different ages, but I would say the bulk of the kids are twelve and older. They really don't like to have kids younger than that uh, because to be removed from your home from that age is difficult. And you don't want uh, a child to become what's called institutionalized. You don't want them to be in a program for so long that it's not normal uh, for them. They don't acclimate normally. Now, we are family homes. We are family style. We go fishing. We go on bike rides. We take them to the movies. We go. Um, we went to a baseball game last week. Uh, we do what we can as, as like a normal family, but it's still behavior modification. It's still helping these kids through the roughest parts of their life. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes we do have younger kids that come here, but normally if they're younger than 12, it, it's because they have a sibling here, an older sibling, um, because we don't want to split them up if possible. But sometimes just one of the children need to you know, be removed from the home. Sometimes it's a parental issue and all the kids are removed. I mean, you've heard those stories. Um, so sometimes there's kids younger, but I've never heard of a child coming younger than nine or eight or nine years old. Um, that's be but that's because they had an older sibling here on campus already. Mm. So, so I just find this really just fascinating. Um, tell tell me what your what a typical day is like for you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a little crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> there, I'm sure there are families out there uh, that are listening to this, or, or you know, the audience members that maybe they're part of a big family. Maybe they had a lot of siblings. And that's kind of what it looks like. I wake up in the morning, um, my wife and I, uh, we wake up usually within 15 to 20 minutes of each other. It's like, okay, who's going to sleep in a little bit today? Uh, but we're up ready to go because our boys are active. So sometimes we're up early for cross country. Uh, the guys that are in cross country have to leave at a certain time. Um, right now it's the summertime. So the usually nobody's leaving the house before about 7.15 uh, to do any type of sports. But 
summer school starts uh, at nine o'clock. And so we're up, we're getting breakfast. Sometimes it's cold cereal, but my wife loves to cook. Peter, you and I've talked about that a lot. She loves to cook. So we're a lot of the kids around our neighborhood are a little jealous of my boys because they they get hot breakfast burritos and they, you know and they know they're eating well in our house and so every once in a while we'll get a random kid from another house come over hey mrs johnson what you got for breakfast <laughs> and so it's like all right come on in uh but it's it's just getting everybody up making sure that everybody's cleaning their rooms doing their chores they're assigned a chore for a week uh, as far as like our downstairs area uh, so somebody's going to be dining room. So they got to make sure everything's you know swept and mopped and the table's clean and all that before they go to bed and spot check it in the morning. And it's just a big family, right? And it's just, we have appointments during the day that the main reason that I'm wrapping up my podcasting stuff with you and my other clients, Peter, is because Boys Town doesn't allow us to have another job for very good reason. I mean, we have eight kids, right? It's It's busy. We have doctor's appointments to go to. We have therapy appointments to take kids to. We have... Uh, this morning, my wife had to get up early and take one of my young men to the DMV to get his uh, license and his card because he's going to be traveling this weekend to go for a home visit. Uh, and so, so it's like that. any it's like, any family. You're, it is just it is a family environment. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent a family environment. They they go to school. We get sometimes I get a phone call from the school. Hey, so and so struggling today. Um, I may go up to the school and, and see what's going on, talk to them and, you know, sit with them in class. Maybe if I have to, uh, they don't like yeah. that, <laughs> but we'll do it. Right. And, you know, to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, sometimes we, you know, a lot of times we get calls from the school that said, Hey, so-and-so did a great job today. Wanted to let you know that he really participated in class and, and was a, you know, great leader for the other peers in the class. And we love that. Um, and they, they get rewarded for that. So it's, we they they earn positive things for positive things they do, and if they they do some negative things, and there's consequences, just like in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure, and I'm sure there's sibling stuff that goes on too. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Hor- yeah. Horseplay is something we have to we have to address. I mean, I'd, I'd love the the boys to be able to play in roughhouse like like a normal family, but you, you also have some kids with some abuse issues in the past, and so you've got to be very careful and walk that fine line of what you know what is acceptable. Um, you know, in the home and what's not. And so you just have yeah. to be able to respect all their histories and know that and just understand what is going to help a kid succeed or what's going to frustrate them and set them back. Yeah. So, so this is, this is what you're doing for, for, for how long, how, how, how long will you, you and your wife uh, be a family there? I don't know, Peter. I, I, yeah. I honestly don't know, but I could see when, when we came back, it was, it was interesting because first first thing was that we recognized that when we got into the home, we had a couple of kids come in at first. We had uh, we got three right away. And it just felt like we were just on a 10-year vacation <laughs> from the first yeah. time, right? It, it didn't feel like we missed a beat. Um, this is in our blood. And the teaching, there, there's your... There's very specific way we have to teach these kids, and it just came right back to us. And you know, in that moment, I was like, "Man, this is weird." It's like riding a bike. And I, I said right away that I'm like, I'm good for another ten years easily. You know, it, we're passionate about this. We again, we have so many success stories from our previous time that that helps to fuel us. When you're when you first become a family teacher, you almost look at these kids and go, "Are they going to make it? Are they going to succeed? Will they be a success story?" Well. Out of 68 kids the last time, most of them are success stories. We keep in contact with most of those young men and we, we see their families growing. You know, I've got one young man down in Fort Worth that 
you know, he didn't have a father figure in his life, really. His dad, that the dad that he did have was kind of a jerk, honestly, and, and treated him really, really poorly. And he never figured that he'd ever have kids because he's like, I don't want to be like that. I don't think I can be a good dad. And there's so much doubt and, and lack of self-worth with a lot of these kids that that's part of what we do is, is help them to understand you have value, you have worth, you are a good human being. You're not defined by the mistakes you've made or defined by what other people have told you you are. You are valuable. And this young man um, went on to, to do great things and he graduated from Boys Town High School and uh, went into the Navy and and just through conversations like I didn't know what it was like to be a good dad and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back he said but he said I, I looked at you and your family was happy and you didn't yell at your kids because we had biological kids in the home the last time we were here and now he's got four kids <laughs> oh that's wife, wonderful right? great story yeah and he and he coaches his son's teams and he's got all these other kids that look up to him he's like man I'm I feel like I'm a mentor. I said, dude, you are. I said, you're yeah. coaching two baseball teams. All these kids are looking at you like you're, you're, you know, you're the man, you know, these are eight year olds that are having a great time and playing ball with their friends. And I said, that's what it's all about. And the experiences that you're giving them, helping them to achieve, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's success or learning from failures, they're going to remember that. And, uh, he, and he loves it and he's loving life. And he, he still does not have a relationship with his dad because his dad is still very toxic and he knows that he's and as an adult he's like i just don't have time for people like that anymore he's my blood but i'm not going to put an effort to somebody who's just going to try to tear me down and i don't need right. that yeah i mean we it, it, in our world we, we we need to define family in lots of different ways absolutely and it's not it's, it's not the family sometimes that we've been we've been given you know, it's, it's yep. sometimes it's not, but yeah. it, it, I think um, hearing about your experience is just, just reminds me how, how lucky so many of us are, you know, um, so many people in, in, in this country and around the world, um, you know, the, 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 they're, they're starting off a bunch of yards behind the starting point for others, you know, like I, I, I think about my world and my life and our kids, you know, they started on the 10, 20, 25 yard line, yeah. you know, and, and lots of advantages, lots of, we have, we have a loving family and, and we may not have been perfect parents, but at least we, I think our kids would say this, that we cared for them. You know? yeah. and, and just that alone is is a is a great assist but the thing is is that the way you're saying it is absolutely right it's generational your father was a big part of your life and i know that yeah. you, you lost him this year we talked about that you were you were blessed and you have a legacy there a legacy that you continued with your children and a lot of your listeners are continuing in their children and in their grandchildren and you're absolutely right. A lot of these kids don't have that legacy or the legacy that they have is abuse. Legacy they have is, is a, you know, not having a grandfather in their life because he left the picture a long time ago. And then his father left the picture a long time ago. And it's, it's just a very toxic reoccurring theme in some families. And it's unfortunate and it's, it's not fair, Peter. I mean, it's just not fair to a child to be put in that position. And so I, I commend you. I, I've just loved listening to 
you know, everything that you've gone through in the last few years and been a part of in the last few years and the adapting to COVID, you know, with your father and his situation and then how you got your kids involved in that and, and visited as much as you could and, and spent time as family in Switzerland as family. Those are the things that are just that energize me because that's what I hope <clears throat> that these kids can experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And with, with assistance, with help and with, with love, um, you know, they, they, they have a chance, they have an opportunity. Yeah. And and that's what everyone needs and 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 should have. It's a, a great a great thing you're doing, and I can, I can hear the passion in your voice. And um, thank thank you for not only helping with our podcast for the last few years, but but doing doing this other other work, which is just so important. And and we are in our society, we should be grateful for for those that give and. Um, Thank you for for all that you and your wife are doing. It's wonderful. Our pleasure. It's we we get. A, <laughs> I can't be selfish, but we do get a ton out of it, right? We yeah. Get oh, you memories. Isn't that, and, that isn't yeah. that why you know people do good things? Is not not yeah. only because they give, but because they get. When you give, you get something back. Yeah. That's my experience. Whenever I volunteer at anything, be part of any community, I get I get as much or more back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I know that again, through our conversations, you work with your folks on, on being able to do that. Uh, a lot of the, the folks that you work with are in positions to now that, you know, retirement has come, they're, they're volunteering and they're giving back to their community in different ways. And financially they're giving back to their community in different ways. And, and I know that you help unlock those passions within your clients and that's a, just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It, 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 it is. And many of our clients are, are really thoughtful about that. And, and it's, it's wonderful. It gives, gives me great pleasure to hear what they want, how they, how, what they want to, uh, how they want to help people. It, yeah. It's really, really wonderful. Um, speak, speaking of helping, and it's not why you're here on the, as a guest on the podcast, but if people are interested in hearing more about Boys Town, where where should they begin looking? How 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 can they find out more about it? And and if they do want to help, um, how do they do that? Yeah, it's it it's easy. Boystown.org. Um, there's a ton of great information there. Watch the movie. You know, from 1938. Yeah. It'll kind of give you a spark of of how it all began. And then uh, Boystown.org is the is the website. I I have not been there in a while, but I know there's links to donate, links to to find the different programs. Um, to see different stories. So you can kind of see what it's all about. There is a cafe on campus. There's a hall of history, a little museum. There's all sorts of things that you can do. And it is an open campus still at this point to, to be able to drive through and see, you know, what Boys Town's all about. Um, but uh, that's only, you know, obviously you're, if you're driving through Nebraska, there's not a whole lot of other reasons, you know, to go through Omaha, Peter. But if somebody's going through, that's, that's, uh, it's it's always fun to see Boys Town and and drive through and just be in awe of the fact that it's looks like a neighborhood, looks like a normal city. Um, it's kind of kind of fun. So yeah, they can they can find info there. Uh, but Great. I I would just say whatever your passion is, whatever your whatever your your heart is leaning towards, just figure out how you can contribute to that passion. I mean, some people want to further people's education, which is great. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to do that with scholarships and grants and different capacities. 
um, in different schools, different states. You know, they all need the help. Um, animals are a big passion for people. Find out a way to to plug into a community and and um, how you can help different things. Whatever your passion is, just just follow it. That's all. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I always um, I always think about the the, the 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 little pebble that you throw into the pond and all those yeah. all, all all the ripples that that begin to go from there and it just keeps on going, you know? So yeah. any, any little bit that you're helping wherever it is, whatever you're doing is uh, going to help, help our society, help our communities. And, and uh, wh- whether it's in Nebraska or Massachusetts or, or California, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah, so, absolutely. Eric, th- you know what? I, I, again, I just, it's been wonderful to, to work with you. It's been wonderful to get to know you. You've been a, a, a super, super advocate of, of, of our firm and me. And I, I can't thank you enough. It's just been a great, a great experience. And, and I hope we, we can stay in touch. Oh, we will. And, and here's the thing, Peter, I don't say this lightly, come to dinner. <laughs> Whenever you have the opportunity Come eat dinner at our house because yeah, it's a, I would love it, it. My table seats fourteen people. There's always room for more, but it's going to be pretty full when you're here, and it's, it'll be a little loud. You know, I got a bunch of teenage boys eating, <laughs> so um, you're always welcome, Peter. I hope you know that. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate the the invite. And you next bet. time I'm in in Nebraska, it will definitely take place. Oh, please, 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 for sure. Yeah. So thank you, and again, thank you for everything you've done and everything you've taught me. And uh, and we will have an additional uh, another co-host, and right. uh, she, she'll she'll be joining us uh, the next time we we record. Yeah, so I look and she's amazing. To, yeah, I look forward to getting to know her and and working with her. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, you bet. And of course, one last time, last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the, in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet. Please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.